This is Mindset for Success with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen. I'm so pleased to welcome our next distinguished guest, guest, Eve Pasalti. Eve is Google's head of strategic platforms, leading digital transformation initiatives with enterprise customers. She also has held business development, sales and marketing leadership positions, positions at Microsoft and startups across the U.S. and Europe. Eve, a longtime mentor to female founders, is now supporting female entrepreneurs through her role in the advisory board of We Global Studios. Welcome, Eve, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Eve, as you know, it takes a lot to be a successful female entrepreneur, and business acumen is key, but we rarely talk about the psychological challenge that women can face to achieve that success. And I refer to these as those negative and sometimes persistent thoughts that can create doubt and undermine success and impact decision-making, not to mention sort of life's overall happiness and satisfaction. Um, I wonder if I might ask you to share a bit about your interesting and culturally diverse background um, with our listeners. Sure, absolutely, yeah. So as you can tell from my accent, I'm uh, I'm not from the U.S., so I was born in Greece, and uh, um, soon after I graduated high high school, I um, moved to the Netherlands. It was uh, uh, through a program through the European Union, uh, which was great. It was focused towards young um, workers, um, giving them an opportunity to um, experience kind of like work and life in a country other than their own, which was mm-hmm. a really um, breaking point for me because it introduced me to different cultures, to different oppor- uh, opportunities, and it opened really the door for um, uh, a world full of new and exciting opportunities. Um, so after that, I uh, I was so excited. I tried going back to Greece, but uh, I got the bug for business and business development. And uh, I decided to continue this journey to the U.S. where I came to the East Coast for my undergrad degree degree and then after that I migrated west (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, since uh, I was mostly in the technology side and there were a lot of exciting developments in um, the Pacific Northwest and the Silicon Valley I went to Seattle for my graduate degree and then I got involved with a couple of startups then at Microsoft and now moving south to California with the Google team. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So it sounds like your international background has led you to be comfortable in lots of diverse settings and also in diverse places, diverse cultures. Um, tell me, was there any sense of risk about leaving home, leaving Greece and coming out um, to the U.S.? Or was it just sort of an exciting adventure and um, sort of easy to look forward to? 
I think it was at the end of the day, there's always a, a sense of fear of the unknown because you don't know what you don't know in most cases. Right. But I think uh, in my case, uh, ambition and kind of like a strong sense of an entrepreneur mindset um, really pushed me for, forward. And I say entrepreneurship uh, or entrepreneur uh, mindset, really underscoring the fact that I'm not really an entrepreneur in the in the common sense. I don't have my own biz, biz, business, but um, I think it's more about the attitude and the approach to thinking, how one really actively seeks um, opportunities, change, um, and uh, really is driven towards kind of like, you know, um, innovation or continuous lear learning. So mm -hmm. I think uh, kind of like my strong curiosity <laughs> and my quest for um, change and for innovation is uh, kind of like uh, winning out the fear that comes with anything new. <laughs> And where does your long-term obvious uh, self-confidence fit in with being able to um, take on new challenges, new countries, new cultures? Um, how does that also override the fear of doing something different? I think it starts with really being in tune with my own passion. So whether I do it as my work or as part of my volunteering kind of like um, support, I, I have, as I said, an affinity for business. I'm attracted to understanding business mo models, expanding to new audiences, markets, uh, kind of like seeing how things work, what are the gaps in, you know, uh, the current mar markets and um, how can we really bring new ideas to life? So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like, uh, I think to the extent that, you know, we're really following a certain passion of ours. I think uh, we are naturally gravitating towards really exploring or poss poss possibilities. And when we fail, which, you know, of course, this is part of the, <laughs> of the game, I think mm -hmm. uh, it's more, uh, it's less interpreted as a setback, but it's more about... Um, what we've learned from from it and how can we use that in our next step. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt like you didn't fit in, whether it was moving to the Netherlands or moving to the East Coast or moving out West? Oh, my God, all the time. <laughs> every single time. I would say every single day because it's not only about the geographical move or the cultural change. Right. Every day at work, I think I or almost every day, I feel like I'm not qualified or I don't belong there or, you know, should I be at the same table? And in the beginning of my career, actually, it was so kind of like um, intense that even in cases where I was presenting to a large group of like stakeholders, I was not sitting at the table, but I was sitting on the side, uh, kind of like, you know, on the chairs around the peri per perimeter of the room. Um, mm -hmm. so definitely, I think, uh, uh, I think we, I don't know, like I can't speak for others, but I definitely struggle. I go, I go on, on either side of the pen pendulum, feeling really strong and very confident, mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. like 
I really don't belong there and struggling to, you know, make my voice heard. Mm-hmm. And um, when I get stuck, <laughs> the, <laughs> the way that I kind of like, you know, get myself unstuck is uh, to actually kind of like stop and uh, separate what I'm feeling with what is actually going on. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times I think, I think it's called the ladders of inference or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've, I've read mm-hmm. it in a book. But all uh, we make kind of like, you know, a lot of assumptions in our heads. And uh, we tend to accentuate the negative. And I see that with a lot of women that I work with. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. less so with men and it's more so with uh, women. I think... uh, it, what helps me is to really accentuate the positive, to mm-hmm. really develop a, um, kind of like a, a, a new script, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's less about kind of like, oh, I don't belong there or I'm not good enough. But it's like, this is my contribution and this is mm-hmm. how I'm unique and this is why others should uh, hear that. Also sort of embedded in that is maybe what you're saying is you don't have to fit in completely. It's enough to just feel like you have a contribution or you have a purpose or, or, or experience and not feel yeah. like you have to be a round peg going into a round hole, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. You, you told me, and I don't remember the exact details, that you recently were asked to speak for the Ministry of Finance in Greece. Was that yes, the Ministry yeah. of Education, yeah. Sorry, Ministry of Education. Just out of curiosity, was that experience experience that you've had, mm, let's say, more self-confidence in than in others because it was home, because it was, I'm assuming, in Greek, which is your native tongue? Actually, to be honest, you'll be surprised that um, actually it was nerve-wracking than mm. most of the other things that I've done. A, because... I think the stakes were higher given that I was going back home. I mean, I haven't lived in Greece for the past 25 years, right? So, Mm -hmm. yes, I do feel Greek, obviously, and, uh, you know, Greek is my native tongue, but I haven't been part of the fabric, like the cultural, the economic, the, you know, kind of like the overall uh, ecosystem in Greece for Mm -hmm. a long time or I was in the periphery of it. So I think the stakes were higher because I was brought into... represent uh, kind of like, you know, a piece that I'm not necessarily familiar with Mm -hmm. anymore. Also, believe it or not, because I, uh, in my family, in my work, in my surroundings, I I mostly speak uh, uh, English. Mm -hmm. Um, Having to do a professional speech, it it was actually a TED talk in Mm -hmm. Greek, it was nerve-wracking because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I sound... uh, really sophisticated, using the right, you know, vocabulary mm-hmm, and, sure. you know, all of that. Um, and doing that without a script, right? So it was, it, uh, yeah, it, um, I had to prepare for six months and I really had to prepare harder than any of the other customer or high profile kind of like pres- presentations that I make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting, right? Going yeah. home and it still, still felt really... Um, uncomfortable or or nerve-wracking 
I didn't um, want to fail them either, right? You know, right. I think the expectations of me as like someone coming back after like, you know, having kind of like a body of work outside of the country, I think their expectations were higher and that made me, you know, like really want to do a much, much better job. And you didn't want to fail because this was your home too, maybe in some senses, or you wanted to show that you still sort of, I don't know, belonged. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and making, you know, and making them proud. I mean, not necessarily the people in the ministry, in, in the ministry, but no. there were people in the audience that, you know, that I really wanted to make proud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me ask you another thing. Do you could consider yourself someone who thinks outside the box? And if so, do you ever feel failing because you think too far outside the box or you are comfortable with being outside the box? Think it's necessary. That's a great question. I feel like I'm going in and out of the box. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. I think I realize that uh, I, as many of us, uh, I'm a creature of habit. So Mm -hmm. I do certain things on a daily basis. and, uh, And I think that's good because it creates some order in our unpredictable life, both on a personal and a professional level. But mm-hmm. also, I think the drawback uh, that I'm conscious about is uh, that it can uh, be a limit limitation. So um, it can be kind of like uh, something that, uh, you know, pulls me back and doesn't really allow me to excel. Uh, so every now and then I try to kind of like, you know, do different things, whether it's like taking a different jogging path or, you mm-hmm. know, really different grocery store or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or try mm-hmm. like, you know, if I read nonfiction, I try to read fiction. I mean, even with the simple things, uh, just to kind of like, you know, really develop new new muscle con, con mm-hmm. connection. So mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and I find it in my professional life, especially that, Having kind of like a habit makes me faster, quick, quick, quicker. It provides me a shortcut to do a job that, you know, would take a long time, which is good, right? Because we all Mm -hmm. want to be efficient. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think from time to time, I I check myself to say, well, am I doing it because I've always done it this way? Or is it, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, the best or the most innovative way to do it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it sounds like challenges historically have always been really important to you and part of the part of the excitement about the challenges is doing things differently and Mm -hmm. being able to create habits or create successes through that Um, any words of advice for some of the young ambitious women listening about how to First of all, be open to challenges and then how to meet them and do the best you can, even if you don't know exactly what's going on. I think the one thing that I try to do, I'm not sure, I don't think I've even qualified to give any advice, to to be honest, but I can share kind of like what I do at a personal level. And if that helps even another person, that's great. But what I do is I try, I mean, we all have this inner dialogue, right? Where, you know, it's like, oh, you haven't done this right. Or, you know, this wasn't really the right thing you you, you said, or, you know, you you messed up. I think we all have this kind of Mm -hmm. like negative challenge chatter if you will Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. try to kind of like uh, first uh, acknowledge it and uh, really recognize it as just being kind of like you know your 
or you know my uh, in in internal kind of like conversation and mm-hmm. and try to turn this around from ne- negative to you know more of a praise. I think that's really really key. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what helps me is to really help others others because mm-hmm. by by helping others you kind of like learn new things about yourself you learn you know new ways of doing things by sharing with others so really having that network of individuals that support you that want you to be great i think really help helps me so i have identified kind of like people throughout my life people that are in the same industry at different levels or people even outside of my in in industry um that are like-minded individuals that you know like a good challenge or you know they're ambitious and they want to solve really you know Mm -hmm. like big uh, problems and I think surrounding yourself with uh, uh, this net net network um, is really key, and also praising and supporting others. I believe in karma uh, for what it's worth, and uh, I've seen it throughout my life. Whenever I helped others and whenever I supported others, this support came around, and uh, yeah, and I think it's something to think about. What made you choose tech 25 years ago as a woman, which I can imagine maybe there weren't a whole lot back then? What uh, drew you to to working in tech? That's an interesting question. I don't think it uh, it you know I think it it wasn't really a conscious decision, and mm-hmm. I, at that point I didn't realize how male oriented uh, the sector was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I th- I liked the pace of work. I liked that we were solving uh, big, you know, really hairy ish, uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody was very smart, so I felt like I, you know, by really being in the same group and in the same team and the same dialogue with these individuals, I was learning things and I was bettering myself. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, back then it was really new and evolving. Um, and now I think it's kind of like, you know, even back back then, but more so now, it's part of our everyday life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when you say that it wasn't a conscious decision, it sort of makes me think also of maybe even going, I mean, it was a conscious decision that you went and studied in um, the Netherlands, but it sounds like you've you've had the courage, the self-confidence, not sure exactly what it all is to just say yes (laughs) and try it and not be sort of fearful of how am I going to pull this off necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the fear is always there, but again, I think, I think it's the ambition and the, and the curiosity that wins. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Um, you talk about somehow seeing, sometimes seeing in the past how it was difficult for women to be there, especially in terms of how women treated women. What what have you done over the years to sort of be able to address that for yourself, not for others, but for yourself? Meaning uh, uh, kind of like helping other mm-hmm. women? 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very passionate about this, especially being in the tech world and, you know, seeing kind of like the inequalities and the inequities. Uh, so even, you know, regardless of whether it, there were large companies, small companies, private, pub, pub, public sector, um, I think the two things that I've done is on, um, uh, you know, in my leadership roles, I made sure that I... Um, really helped, uh, hired, helped, developed, prom, prom, promoted, and, you know, underscored the su- successes of women. Mm-hmm. I think it's really key. I remember in cases where I was even challenged by my VPs or by my leaders saying, you know, why, you know, why is this person and will this person be successful or accepted in in this role? Mm -hmm. So I think being a sponsor for women to help them start, to help them, you know, get their voice, really underscore their uh, achievements. I think it's absolutely um, you know, some some something that all female lead leaders should be doing, and mm-hmm. um, on the personal level, I think really becoming a mentor uh, for women uh, in a formal or informal way. Even you know, if you're there to you know for them to ask a question, or if uh, you know they need like you know some guidance around the next step in their car- car- career or an area where they got stuck. I think it's really key to have this net network of women. And I do it for myself and I do it for others. Mm-hmm. And it really de-escalates sometimes for, for some of the women in terms of seeing that they're not so different as you or whoever else is talking about it. Absolutely. I think uh, it's very easy, especially now for the past 18 months with COVID, it's very easy to feel alone and to feel isolated and to feel like Mm -hmm. you're the only one that is going through all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, So having an opportunity to share this, I think is absolutely key. Right. And you also, it's harder now too to mark your success, right? Because everything is done at home. So you don't have all that back and forth. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Eve, I wanted to tell you, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your sharing with us um, some of the psychological issues that you've encountered through your um, inspirational journey. Um, how can our guests reach you to learn more about you? You can reach me on link- LinkedIn, uh, Eve Salty, and uh, also uh, through the we Global Stu- Stu- Studios, mm-hmm. um, which is a great platform for women entrepreneurs. And I'm looking forward to meeting and working with uh, everyone in the audience. Great. Thank you again so much for, for taking Thank the you, Leslie. It was a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women. For more information on her guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe in open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. 
That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at dr.lesliekenudsen at dr.lesliekenudsen.com.